Women at Work by Hey is supported by Wix Playground. Let's celebrate design, culture and creative freedom together. Welcome to this eighth episode of Women at Work by Hey. I hope everybody listening is feeling great. We are feeling the heat here in Barcelona. So yes, this third season of Women at Work is beginning to end, although we still have many surprises to unveil. So stay with us for another month. We've often stated that feminism is not something that they can sell to us because this is not a trend. Feminism is why we can be here today in front of a microphone in my case. After studying for a university degree, feminism is why I can choose to be a mother, not to be. I can vote and I can have my independence and my voice. And feminism has been kind of under attack in the last years due to many currents against it, sadly. That gives us many more reasons to do what we do. Thank you to all the women who still raise uncomfortable questions, even if feminism is not on H&M t-shirts anymore. This said, it is time to introduce today's guest, protagonist, and a woman I'm super happy to interview again, Tina Doli. Welcome to Women at Work by Hey. Hi there. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to be again here on this amazing podcast. I really look forward to chat with you. <laughs> thank you, Tina. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. And um, the postman just arrived. <laughs> well, I'm very well uh, here in London, waiting as well to get some sun, as you guys have there plenty. So please do share it with us here in London. <laughs> But yeah, and, all um, good. How has life treated you since we last saw each other? I think that was June 2020. Yes, exactly. Yes, I think it was, yeah, almost, yeah, a year, oh, more than a year ago, something like this. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so all good, working on some exciting projects, like just finished a couple, like a couple of them coming up, so can't complain at all. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. So, Tina, you are, for those who don't know Tina, which I think it's going to be like two people that live in Mars, You are a London-based art director, graphic communication designer, and a professor at Central St. Martins and a lecturer. And you've worked for top international clients. Like if you think when you've worked for them and you've collaborated with them and you run your own studio. But um, my question is, like, how did it all start? Like, where does this story begin? Yeah, of course. So I would say back when I started a couple of years ago, <laughs> Um, it was quite random for me. In the beginning, I actually wanted to go into architecture, but kind of failed in the exams. So my kind of second option was graphic design, which back then I had really no idea what exactly it was even. <laughs> so kind of randomly, I got into a graphic design course and very, very soon, like I fall in love with design and creativity. So yeah, uh, after graduating, I decided to move here in the UK to do a master's degree in communication design. So a bit kind of like broader kind of thinking, uh, which led me on my first actual job here in the UK. So, but my kind of like, um, yeah, I was working in studios, but I would mm -hmm. say I didn't really last for very long in any of them. So first one, I was just around like 10 months working there. Second one was around like, Six, seven, last one was just three months after my probation period. I had it in my notice. And there was nothing wrong with those studios. And I love like my colleagues and everything. Mm -hmm. it, it was all amazing. I had some amazing projects. 
it was just me that I felt like um, I want to be a bit more creative. I want to have control over what I'm working on, what I'm doing. Right. And I felt like this nine to five, nine to six was kind of killing my creativity. I was more calculating the time rather than being like, oh, I want to create. Yeah. So, and that was the moment that I was like, oh, that's perhaps the moment that you rethink about things and you're like, okay, I enjoy my job. It's nice. But it's perhaps not exactly what I want in this life. Mm-hmm. So that was the moment that I decided to quit my full-time job and start by myself. So start my own studio, my own kind of um, experience. So, yeah. That's amazing. And um, where does uh, all these creative strike on your case come from? I would say I was always quite like into creativity since I was very little. I always enjoyed like drawing, dancing, acting. So all kind of like forms of art. And, um, yeah, I was very involved, always creating things, I remember mm-hmm. myself. And when I arrived to, like, secondary in high school, I decided to attend a music school where I learned quite a lot of different musical instruments. So my main ones were, like, piano and violin that I used to play. So I was, again, like, in a school full of creativity. Yeah. Maybe it was the center of it. But around that, we had, like, classes into, again, architectural drawing, freehand drawing, we had um, acting classes. So we had like all kind of creative classes as well because it's all about art in the end. Um, so I would say I was, since I was quite young, I was involved in the field of art, maybe not as much in the visual, like during like, mm-hmm. I would say from like 12 to 18 or something, more into like sound and music and that form of art. But yeah, I was definitely like always keen on like different forms of art. Definitely. And do you still play any of those musical instruments? I just actually got a new uh, keyboard. So really? I'm going to get back to playing piano. Yes. So, that's you know, amazing. flats in London don't really allow you to have like a huge, nice piano. No. <laughs> but that's that's something better than nothing, I would say. Definitely. Well, very, very good to hear that. It's one of those things that you... I don't know. It must be really satisfying to be able to play an instrument and still be- remember how to do it, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah. So I was like quite advanced back then when I stopped like playing. When I moved in the UK, I actually didn't have a piano anymore. So I was like, okay, that's, I, I guess I, I'm quitting for a while. So it takes some time now again to get back to that, but I'm super excited already. That's super cool. <laughs> and how were your like, what was Tina like at the first years at university? Were you one of those um, really determined students or were you more like the let's have a bit of fun? Um, although they are not opposite, but you know. Yeah. Mm, I would say something in the middle. Uh, well, it's I would say during the classes and the school, I would just have fun. <laughs> but then when I would arrive home, I would be super into that and I would create tons of stuff and mm-hmm. work quite hard. So yeah, I usually like had fun at the university and then going home and just working hard. So kind of like a mix. <laughs> no, definitely. Because when you were yeah, talking about um, all your determination, like doing your um, your own studio and how did you want to pursue your own path, that kind of says a lot about your character, like really determined to do something, right? Yeah, definitely. I'm like always like kind of like stubborn on when I want to do something, mm-hmm. I will do everything to make it happen. So yeah, definitely like... That's perhaps how I would describe myself. <laughs> and how was it like leaving um, Greece to move to the UK? Like that was a big shift in life, I can imagine. It, yes, it's it was quite weird because I was quite happy in Greece. Everything was going so well. And 
I was quite excited. It's quite sunny and nice and cool there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was really excited as well at the same time to do a master's and explore mm-hmm. further what is outside, like because the design industry in Greece is quite small and it's it's not the same like in the UK or even in Spain. Mm-hmm. So I was very excited to discover like all this new world. But yeah, when I first moved to the UK, I never really planned that I would stay here. Yeah, now like 10 years after <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> so yeah, I wouldn't say that was like, it was more for me more like, oh, I would move to the UK, discover things and then come back. But yeah, that never happened. <laughs> well, you grew to love the food, which I can imagine that's something <laughs> in England. And um, so I can imagine that that must have been a really big leap of faith for you, like moving and taking such a change. But was it the yeah. biggest one you've taken in your life or which one would you say is the biggest leap of faith you've taken? Mm, oh, I think that was like kind of like it didn't involve that much risk for me. Mm-hmm. It would be like anytime I can go home. So put, there is no problem on that, if that makes sense. If you see that like from like without thinking too much. <laughs> I would say the biggest risk was quitting my full-time job, which would give me security and everything mm-hmm. to pay my rent and everything in London and start a freelance kind of like career by myself. Where I just had like, I remember I had like one kind of like bigger project I thought was kind of like well paid back then mm-hmm. <laughs> that would survive me barely for like two months. And it was kind of risky, as you can imagine, because all the rents and everything in London, they are not the easiest to deal with. Nope. So yeah, it was quite a big risk, I remember. Uh, but I was I was happy to like give it a try. I said to myself, like, okay, in the worst scenario, you can always go and work to the like in a pub or something yeah. to like balance things out. And I remember I got like a bike and I was cycling everywhere literally, so I don't <laughs> need to pay any transportation. <laughs> so I was just kind of like handling the budget so I can make it work. So it's yeah, I would say always like the risks is kind of like how much you actually want it, then it starts not being a risk anymore because if you really want it, you will make it happen in the end. So, yeah. I love that thing like when, because um, you've worked for like top international clients and I love to know how people start in those kind of, uh, it, was it something more like an intuition that you had that, that going freelance would work for you or was it more like, Okay, yes, this is what I want to do, like really determine in a in a really argumented yeah. way. I would say I was always like kind of like in the evenings freelancing, doing projects mm-hmm. here and there. So it was kind of like yeah, I was it was also at the same time my hobby, which is quite scary and not the greatest to have like work and hobby being the same thing. <laughs> so uh it was kind of like I felt it was kind of a bit like a vision for me to have to be like nine to six mm-hmm. at the studio working this specific things that somebody told you to do right and I feel like this is like too much pressure on me now I'm working even more hours I would say I never get days yeah. off even weekends or something so from that perspective it's perhaps <laughs> worse but at the same time I like the fact that I have control over my schedule and everything right. as much as I can or if I work on a project and I feel kind of like stuck or something I can always jump into something else come back later or work on that tomorrow or if I don't feel like working in the morning, I'm starting my day later on in the afternoon. So I like this kind of like flexibility on my schedule. So it was kind of like, yeah, I would, I would say that better, better on my personality right. and how I like to work. And um, speaking about your personality and how you approach to the to the professional field, because I've, I've read that you work in many different kind of paths, like digital and print and branding and typography. And mm-hmm. this is super interesting to me because we've been told well, some people tell that specializing is something that you kind of have to do, which is like the way to go. 
And other people think like, no, it's just, it's maybe better to just be able to do many things. Um, what's your take on this? I would say for me, it's more like, what do you enjoy the most? Because most likely you're going to be better on what you are enjoying the most doing, right? So if you do enjoy like sticking with a very, very specific route, specific like medium, specific techniques, mm -hmm. then that's your path. Go for it. If For me, like if you ask me to recreate something like similar from what I've done before, mm -hmm. I would be so lazy. I would be like, I would hate myself. Right. So I, I always kind of like, like the challenge of something new, something different, try like new mediums, new techniques, new softwares, anything. So Uh, that's what excites me and that's what right. makes me happy. And like when you're happy, like creating something, most likely it's going to be a uh, good work at the same time and when you're enjoying creating something. So yeah, I understand like sometimes, yeah, it's good to have like a specific style. So people are going to hire you for a specific that. But there are also people that they are looking for someone who has like skills in all different fields. Mm -hmm. So they can direct like a group of um, other creatives or uh, they can just create like, For example, even a brand identity or something, it has so many different applications that, yeah, you need to have skills in a couple of like different things. So both both routes are perfectly fine. It's more of like what you enjoy the most. Mm -hmm. But I would say perhaps if you just start your career, it's always good to explore all the different like things around yes. before narrowing down to one specific thing. Just make sure that this is your thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's a very good advice, actually. And um, if we If we think about your creative process, how would you say it works? Usually it's kind of jumping back and forth between like digital and physical analog kind of experimentations. So grabbing like objects from our surroundings, it can be like inks or like ribbons, mm -hmm. anything that is around us and could be inspiring. And then jumping into the digital world and translating there, further developing it, sometimes go back to the physical. So yeah, I would say kind of like a mix of different techniques, mediums, materials. Right. So yeah, kind of like a multidisciplinary kind of situation. <laughs> and uh, you've said you find inspiration on your like everyday objects that surround you. But is there any other thing that you go for when you need something to inspire you to create? I usually do keep this kind of like libraries where I collect all kind of interesting things that could hopefully be inspiring for a project that will come up. Mm -hmm. And that can be like from pictures that I took when I was traveling around to like architecture, like inspiration or like I usually try to look at for inspiration for in other like different fields rather than design itself or graphic design more specifically. So, yeah, I do keep this kind of digital library of inspiration of things that I find interesting, as well as what I call my little treasure boxes at the studio, where I collect all kind of materials that I feel like could be interesting and right. perhaps could inspire a project in the future. And again, that can be literally anything like from like a glass that I find mm -hmm. interesting, like the shape or the material or something to like a different ink or like foam or anything, literally like, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, definitely. So I think like you need to be very aware of what surrounds you all the time to have that open mind for new inspiration, right? And I was wondering, like, how do you keep from getting stuck in routines in your methodology? Sometimes sometimes happens, right? Like you're doing something and you're like, oh, I don't really enjoy this anymore. I don't find inspiration. How do you keep that from happening? So, yeah, I would say... I'm getting very easily bored of things. <laughs> so usually I cannot really get in a routine. That's my kind of problem. <laughs> so the opposite. 
I'm struggling to stay in a routine of redoing the same thing every day kind of thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, when I feel kind of like stuck or things don't really work, I usually try to leave everything on the side, take a little break and start over. Start over with something right. totally new, totally different. And that's perhaps where my treasure boxes kind of help where I can look in there and be like, oh, that material was nice. I liked it. Let's give it a try. So, yeah, or the other way that I always feel it's good when you feel stuck is to grab, like, friends or colleagues, mm-hmm. people that you enjoy working with, and try something together because they might not be as, like, stuck as you. So they will help you, like, unlock their creativity again. So it's always good, like, some collaboration. That's very nice. And... um well, many describe you as a, a as a designer that kind of blends that uh, digital and physical world. Uh, do you feel recognized in these words? And if you do, like, how does that work for you? How do you mix these two worlds? Yeah, I would say mostly my work is kind of like known for blending physical and analog and digital kind of things. And as I said, like, it can be like so many different mediums I created, like, for example, a poster for the 30 years of Adobe Illustrator. It was all inspired by like um, a sketchbook, how we flip the pages ah. and the page that we are at the moment is the present, the next pages is the future and the previous ones are uh, the past. So I created like a little paper sculpture and representing that. Or um, another example, uh, so I created like packaging design for in pizza and they're like two percent looking like ribbony kind of mm-hmm. but it's again like a little paper sculpture and it was all inspired by the presents that we get during christmas period so they usually have a ribbon and they wanted like a christmas related right. packaging but not something super christmasy so the whole inspiration was like by the movement and how like a ribbon like um looks like in a way so it can be like literally anything like any object Mm -hmm. any material i love also playing around with liquids different like oil-based water-based soap like anything that comes to my mind and just blending them together see where that goes so experimenting a lot experimenting a lot yeah definitely keeping like materials that i thought could be interesting and trying like experimenting and it's always good like to analyze what is interesting about them mm-hmm. it's kind of like the material is it the shape is it the color what is interesting about every material every object you have in front of you and yeah and then trying like perhaps to capture it and digitally further edit it so and um how do you manage your time because i've i've read that you love working at night time and um, with all this experimentation and stuff, how do you usually schedule your day to make the best mm-hmm. out of it? Well, I usually overload my day <laughs> through this. So I'm still trying like, to find this kind of like work-life balance. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I tend to like keep like, a little, like task list for every day to make sure that I'm creating everything that I actually um, want to go through. And I leave a bit of like flexibility to myself on what I should do first, what second, mm-hmm. or like if I want to swap one of the tasks from today with the one from tomorrow. Because sometimes, you know, you might feel a bit stuck on a project or you might not be in a mood to work on that. And yeah, I do sometimes like start my day a bit later and work till like later in the night or something. So it really depends. I try to like leave it flexible right and see like how it fits better for my day and my mood and everything Mm -hmm. kind of yeah but I do try like to push myself a bit to be closer to like nine to six hours so I can have more like I can be more aligned with the rest of the world kind of (laughs) definitely and um 
what do you think it's going to be like the right now with uh, everything that you've been doing with all your career so far? Uh, what do you think is going to be the next big challenge of design? Like what around you, what have you been seeing? I would say it's like definitely like all the te technological kind of evolution. We see so many like changes in the field that from one hand, they're quite scary because, you know, it's so many new things coming and suddenly you have to catch up with everything and mm -hmm. see where that goes. On the other hand, it's also quite exciting because you have like new possibilities coming up things that we weren't able to do before so yeah I would say definitely I would say a big challenge is like to catch up with all the technology and everything that is there all these new opportunities that they're available so it's a good and bad challenge at the same time this is a huge huge topic like we should do another interview for this because I'm super interested oh. in how <laughs> this kind of visual future looks like and um to what do you think um If you can remember, what is the best uh, advice you've been given in, in your life, Tina? Oh, whoa. Well, uh, actually, that's a very, I, I, I remember exactly. And I actually took like a note that I have it like here as well. So it was from one of my very good friends and great illustrator, Simone Wan. And I shared once, I remember one of my works with her like quite a couple of years ago. And she replied to me like, oof. This is so bad. I would probably start from scratch. It's terrible. What is it, you know, honestly? What the fuck? <laughs> and I was like, oh, nice. So you can imagine how harsh is receiving something like this. But I would say that's perhaps the best advice because it's always good to be honest mm -hmm. uh, because it doesn't really help like if you give an advice or receive an advice that is on not honest. And it doesn't help none of you. No, definitely. So, yeah, sometimes you have to be harsh, but you have to be also like open to receive like kind of like harsh criticism or something that will help you on your next step. So, yeah, I would say honestly is a must when it comes to like advisors. Exactly. And not take it personally, because sometimes oh, when, yeah, when yeah. we are doing creative jobs, sometimes people kind of get it like when you get criticism, it's because of you. And it's like, no, it's your, it's your job. It's not you. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. In the end, like especially if it's like that was like an early stage of a project that I was working on, and I realized after that I took like a totally different route. I did take mm -hmm. the advice and I started over. I was like, oh, thank you. You saved so much time. I would perhaps wait another day or two trying to make it work while it was not worth it. Exactly. So exactly. yeah. So honesty. It was good. <laughs> honesty. Honesty, honesty com important. combined with not taking things personally and empathy. I think that's the be Perhaps best. Perhaps there is a better way to say that than this straightforward way. I'm <laughs> friend. <laughs> But yeah, it's, I guess, yeah, you can phrase it, but you can be honest and a bit kinder in a way. <laughs> But I think it's a very good advice because we all need to intake that, especially nowadays. So yeah. Tina, thank you very, very much for being at Women at Work by Hey. That was incredibly inspirational. I think many people are going to be listening to this interview and being like, yeah, I want to do that. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, to the people that are listening on the other side, thank you very much one more time for being here with us. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we will come back soon. Until then, take care. And as always, smash the patriarchy.